0: Alright, this morning we are going to finish up, we're in a series called, what? Follow. Follower. We're in a series called Follower, and of course, as you know by now, we have taken this, uh, sort of this um, nomenclature or this, uh, um, this, this, this picture from Facebook and from Twitter and, uh, I don't know, it's Snapchat. What's some other ones? Anybody? Instagram. What's some other ones? Sanika. I don't know what these things are. Social Cam. What is it? I don't know. Nia knows all the ones. What is it? Vine. That's a yeah. Vine is another one. Oh yeah. Posted notes. Doctor Daughter said posted notes. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's that's his social media. Posted notes. I, I remember, Pastor, I don't know if I told you this, we were over in um, we we're over in the Philippines last time, Brother Keith, uh, Brother Jeff and I, and so Brother Keith and I both had, he had an iPad, and I think I had a Kindle, so we put all of our, you know, messages and everything we were preaching onto those electronic devices. Well, Brother Jeff, he didn't have all that stuff. He just said, well, when I, you know, when I swipe and turn the page, that's just, this is my swipe, you know, right here. And so we had... <laughs> He had his old-fashioned notebook where he was just kind of swiping up, you know, to the next page. So some of us are social media lights, and some of us are not. But um, this series that we're in, follower, hashtag follower, do I have it right, Nia? Because I was saying at follower at first and then they were giving me some funny looks. I don't think that was right, but hashtag follower, this series that we're finishing up today. Really, what we've done is we've distinguished the difference between being a follower in social media, and being a follower of Jesus, okay? Two totally different things. Same word, they sound exactly the same, but they're totally different. And so we just want to finish up today. If you have your Bible or your iPad or your iPod or your iPhone or uh, what else is it, Beth? (laughs) Or your Bible. (laughs) Yeah, any of those things. Turn in your whatever you have to Mark chapter 8. How's that? Find scripture some kind of way. <laughs> turn to Mark chapter 8. I don't have this on the board, so you're going to need to turn there. All right. This passage of scripture or this verse of scripture that I'm going to uh, read to you or we're going to read together is really the the crux and the the foundation of this whole series. Okay. Mark chapter 8 verse 34 uh, the Bible says that when Jesus had gathered all of the people to himself and his disciples also, all right, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me must what? Deny, them. Deny themselves. What else? Take up their cross and then follow me. A couple things you have to do there first. Deny yourself, take up your cross and then follow me. And so when we're talking about this series followers a little bit more than just clicking like or clicking the thumbs up key, you know, on your on your device. When you hear something that Jesus said, you know, doing to others as you would have them do unto you, just click like. I like that. All right, but following Jesus is a little bit more than just clicking the thumbs up, isn't it? As we found out. Following Jesus Those followers are those who have decided to devote all of their life to Jesus, to live like Jesus and to share his love, loving Jesus, transforming lives. That's our mission statement here at the Life Church. So my definition of a follower, my definition of being a follower is simply this. A follower is a person who knows, who loves and serves Jesus. Come on. As the supreme passion of life. Here's the key to that whole phrase. Mostly everything else comes second. Everything else is second. Everything is second. So you can raise your hand up and say, I'm number two. Right? It goes so far against what we know, isn't it, because we're taught in America to, to go for the best. I mean, I talk to my son when he plays basketball and, and whatever sport he plays, and, you know, we talk about you going out there and giving your all so that your team wins. I mean, you know, the famous Herm Edwards, some of us know, is a good coach. Uh, you know, they were asking him one day in a press conference about his team strategy and why did you do this and why did you do that, and he said what? He said, you play to win the game. It's the reason why we're out there. I mean, going along, you learn some life lessons, you learn teamwork, you learn strategy, you learn how to be a good sport, you learn all of those things. But the whole reason why you're on the field in the first place is to win the game. And so we're taught to to go for number one. I mean, nobody plays in order to be number two. I don't even know how you have that mentality to say, okay, I'm gonna play. You know." Avery and I are going to play this game, and I'm going to play as hard as I can to be number two. You don't do that. You play in order to win, in order to be number one. But what happens is now Jesus comes on the scene, crashes into your life, By the way, I've mentioned this before, I know there are those who have said, you know, and I've heard it, I've said it, you know, hey listen, the Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit, he's a gentleman, God is a gentleman. He'll never make you do uh, anything that you don't want to do, he only gives you ideas and suggestions and he wants you, you know, to then follow. Uh, True to a small extent, but you're more describing Satan, because Satan gives you thoughts, ideas, and suggestions... And you can never say the devil made me do it. No, you did it. But if you want to know if God will ever crash into your life, I dare you to talk to a man named Jonah. He was going along, having a good time, doing his thing. And all of a sudden, God said, listen, go preach to the Ninevites. And Jonah said, ah, hmm, I'm not doing that. Why not? Because I know your grace. I know that you'll save them. And I don't want them to be saved. Because of what they've done to us. They've done horrendous things to the Israelites. And I don't want you to save them, so uh, no thank you. So God, being the good father that he is, said, well, you're going to talk to the Ninevites. It just depends on how you want to do it. You want to do it the easy way or the hard way? Well, as we know, Jonah chose the hard way, didn't he? But what happened in the end? He talked to the Ninevites. He went and preached to them, didn't he? He talked to Noah about that. Moses, you're going to talk to my people. Moses got upset, struck a rock. You're out of here. (laughs) You'll, You'll see the promised land, but you won't get over there into it. So there are times when God does crash into our life. And here comes Jesus. He crashed onto the scene. Crashed onto the scene with this new theology that you should love your enemies. And love those who, and pray for those that despitefully use you. He came with this new theology that you should give, and it will be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. He came with this new theology. Only do unto others really what you want them to do to you. Don't treat them the way they treat you. Treat them the way you want them to treat you. No matter how they treat you. Come on now, this is a little different when Jesus came on the scene. And so is it different when he says, I'm number one, you're number two. Well, I've I don't, that's not the reason I play. Well, guess what? When it comes to being a Christian, that is the reason you play. You're in this game to be number two. You see, a follower doesn't just believe in Jesus. And we have to have some beliefism. Come on, we have to have a core belief. Uh, that's the only way that you're saved, right? Because what does Romans 10, 9 and 10 say? You must believe in your heart. And then you must confess with your mouth. It's the only way that you're saved. But being a follower of Jesus, but, but being a follower of Jesus is not just that. We can't stop there and say, okay, now I'm in heaven, I'm a follower of Jesus. Being saved, folks, does not make you a disciple. Being saved does not make you a follower. What being saved does is get you into heaven. But there's a big difference in being saved and being a follower of Jesus. Being a follower takes you a little further than that. See, when you're saved, you go out ankle deep. At least I'm in the water. I'm in. I'm in the water. I'm not on the land anymore. Guess what? I'm in. But Jesus is saying, come on out a little bit further. Now it's up to my knees. Come on out a little bit further. It's up to my waist. Now go ahead and dive in. Let me have all of you sing, I surrender all. It's not I surrender some. It's I surrender all. And so we talked about this journey. There are those who admire Jesus. Those are those who are saved. But they're the multitudes. God saved and I just want to know what's going on from afar. I see what he's doing. I see the altar call and I see people getting prayed for and God working in people's lives. And I see that it's interesting. I admire it from afar. And then there are those who are inquirers. They have some questions. Well, I don't understand that. I need to dig a little deeper. I need to pull out my concordance and figure out what's going on. I need to pray a little harder to see what it is that you're saying. What does this mean? What does it mean? My wife and I were talking about some, a phrase last night that many Christians use. I won't name it, but we, and then, you know, we were saying, well, what does that mean? You know, we're being an inquirer. What, I mean, we say that all the time, but what does it mean? I mean, is it scriptural? Is it not scriptural? Is it okay to say type of thing? We're an inquirer. Nicodemus was an inquirer. Came to Jesus by night. And then there are those who are responders. Those are the people that take it a little bit further and they hone all of these questions down to one main question. What more do you want me to do? What more, Jesus, do you want me to do? I've done all these things. Now I want to know what it is that you need me to do. What more? What more can I do? And then we got to the point where now we're a follower. Because when you get to be a follower, you come to the point where you say, you know what, I've asked a lot of questions and I've realized that every question leads to another question. It's simply because God is so unsearchable. It's not that we shouldn't ask, we should. And he, he's, he loves to reveal things to us. We'll never stop asking questions. But you can't wait to get all your questions answered before you take the next step. It's not going to work because you'll never get all your questions answered. God is so big and so vast. Come on. This is the one the psalm said breathed and stars came out. I'm talking about the almighty God. I'm talking about the one that's been here from eternity that blows your mind. And it says his kingdom will never end. Never end. I, don't, I can't comprehend that in my carnal mind. I don't understand it. I need a revelation of that. So we're talking about the almighty God. Your questions will never be answered until we get there and he chooses to reveal all of it to us. I don't know. But if you're waiting for all your questions to be answered before you take the next step, it's not going to happen. So a follower is one who says, you know what? Because of who you are, because of who you are, I give you everything that I am. I'm trading my sorrows for your joy. I trade beauty for ashes. Give me your beauty and you can have these old ashes, this dusty frame. Come on. You can have it. I trade my sickness for your healing. No questions asked. Whatever it is you want me to do, I'll just say, I'll do it. Come on. Parents, don't we wish we had kids like that sometimes? All right, Mom. Easy. (laughs) I know she wished that would mean. <laughs> do such and such. Well, why? Well, what does that mean? Well, how long do I have to do it? Just do it. Well, listen, that's the way God is dealing with us. There are certain things. Now, he loves to answer our questions, folks. I'm not telling you that he's an ogre or anything like that. He answers our questions. But there are times we have to come to a place in life that we're going to decide to be a follower. We're going to say, listen, I don't care if he, he can answer my question or not. Either way, he told me to do this. So I'll ask why, but it doesn't affect me doing it, whether he answers or whether he gives me an answer I don't like. Doesn't matter. Isn't that right, Brother James? Doesn't matter what you say, Lord. You already told me to do this, so I'm going to do it just because of who you are. Now you're getting somewhere. You're a follower. Well, then there's one last step that the Lord wants you to take. He wants you to come all the way over into the realm of being a reproducer. Now that you have given him all of you, listen, Lord, all that I am, I give to you. You are my everything, and everything I have is yours. My thoughts, my career, my spouse, my children, my money, my possessions, My health, my direction, my worldview, everything that I have belongs to you. I am immersed in you. Once you've done that, now God is saying, okay, good, I got you at a good place. Now reproduce yourself. And guess what? Now we're back to the beginning. You realize that? We're back to the beginning. And I'll tell you why, because right in Genesis chapter 1, what did he say? The first words that mankind ever heard from God, first words they ever heard are what? Be fruitful and multiply. Very first words he heard, reproduce yourself. And now we have to get there to where he wants us to do that, or where we're able to do that. Be a reproducer. Now, I'll tell you what being a reproducer is not or where we fall short. What we think, and I'm right there, I'm included, I'm not, I'm not throwing any stones, I'm just saying. What we think sometimes being a reproducer is, and discipling is, is teaching us. Because Jesus gave us the ultimate mission statement, didn't he, in Matthew twenty-eight, nineteen, Go ye, therefore, into all nations, baptizing them, teaching them, right, making disciples baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit but listen when you want to reproduce you can't just teach somebody and expect them to be what you are in terms of being a Christian why because you teach what you know but you reproduce what you are you can only reproduce what you already are and so it goes beyond teaching now it means I have to give them some of my life. Right. I have to give them some of my time. Right. I have to listen to some of their problems. Come on. Right. And sometimes it is just listening. Sometimes it's not advice at all. Sometimes it's just listening. I know. I've been on the other side of it. I don't know how many times pastors listen to me. <laughs> or my mothers has listened to me. Come on. So you can only reproduce what you are. Well, Jesus told us, he gave a command, he gave that mission statement. He said, listen, go out and I want you to make disciples. You know, the first step in making disciples, I'll tell you this, is after a person is saved, Jesus gave us another command. He said to baptize them. Be baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now, I'm not teaching a session this morning on baptism, But I will tell you this, and that is that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right, those are titles. And this is important. This is important. I'm not just bringing this up to start an argument. (laughs) But it's important to this this message. It's core to this message. Father, Son, Holy Spirit are titles. And he said the name, name. He didn't say the names of. He said the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is important when it comes to reproducing yourself. Just follow along with me. And so when we, if you wonder why when we baptize here, we say we baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All the disciples did it. You'll never find in the New Testament, never, guarantee you, where a disciple said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You're not going to find it. I've looked at it. I've searched it out. They all said, I baptize you into the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why did they say that? Either they're disobeying Jesus or they have a revelation of what he was talking about. The name of Jesus. You're baptized into the name of Jesus. And by the way, just a little side note on that. I'm, I'm not against, again, I'm not, I don't want to start an argument. You know, Lord knows. My, my wife knows I can debate, you know, but I don't, that's not what I'm doing. But, and so I don't want to come against, you know, Methodists or Baptists or Wesleyan or anybody who does things a different way, all right? But baptize. the very word baptize means immerse. Okay, so just keep that in mind also. Um, If you got sprinkled, then all right, that's good. That's the first step. Now let's come on, get the other leg in, get your elbow in, and get the rest of it in. Because you're doing good so far. At least you got the water. This is not bad. But now jump on in. You know what it's like? It'd be like going swimming and sticking your toe in the water and say, I went swimming. No, you didn't. You just stuck your toe in the water. Jump on in. And then say, I went swimming. That's what Jesus is saying. If you did it some other way, he's saying, Come on, finish the job. Not coming against it, not starting an argument. But I just want to tell you that when you talk about sprinkling and you talk about those other things, the Bible knows nothing about it. I, I can't find it in the Bible. So I just, I, and I, it's my job to teach you the Bible, to talk with you about the Bible. So that's where we are. But when you baptize in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, what you have to realize is, one, Jesus was baptized himself, okay? And when he was baptized, he was dunked, right? And then the Holy Spirit came down in the form of a dove, so he was filled with the Spirit at that time. But when you baptize, what we're doing is we're being baptized into uh, not a set of values, but we're being baptized into a person. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. It's not about the difference in the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and the Lord Jesus Christ. We can argue about that all day. But you got to realize that you're being baptized into someone. Okay? Remember I said you can, you can only teach what you know. So it's not just the teachings of Jesus that we need. We need to be immersed in Him. All right? It's not just a set of values. Not a set of principles. But it's about the person of Jesus Christ. And I, I am immersing myself in Him. And we have to realize, saints, that we are not to act like Jesus here on earth. Now, if I stop right there, somebody say, well, no, you got to keep going now. Keep going, preacher, because I don't, wait a minute. We're not to act like Jesus on earth. We are Jesus on earth. We don't act like him. It is who we are. Know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit? Paul said that, do you, he said it to the Corinthians, do you not know that you are the very temple of God? And when he reproduced himself in you, you are now him. You are Jesus on this earth. And so for some of us, we just need to look in the mirror and tell ourselves, act like it. Right? Just because you don't act like it doesn't mean that's not who you are. You just need to look in the mirror and say, act like who you really are. Right? Act like it. I think I said it the other day, I always use these sports analogies, but it's like, you know, a great sports person with all this talent and going out there and just playing terrible. The coach says, look, you're LeBron James. Go play like it. You're already him. Now go act like what you already are. And that's what God is saying to us, saints. You already are my saint. I have saved you. I have filled you with my spirit. My favor is upon you. I have forgiven you. Now, don't get this wrong. Don't twist it around. But God is saying, I've forgiven you for things you haven't even done yet. Ooh. You want to talk about grace. Now, that doesn't give you a right to do wrong. Come on now. But should you fall, you have an advocate with the Father. He's already made provision for you. And so, since he's already done that, he's saying, Listen, now all you need to do is start acting like who you are. Acting like who you are. I've given you my name, as it says in Romans 2, verses 28 and 29, with the circumcision of the heart. So now I'm Michael Carter Jesus. See, I have the name, I'm part of the family, and so are you. Have you been baptized? Come on, it's a simple thing to do, not very difficult. Maybe you have reservations about being baptized. Do you have any reservations about being baptized? Maybe somebody will say, well, I don't want to be baptized because it mess up my makeup. Well, we'll get some makeup people here to help you. You know, my wife does makeup pretty well. You know, Casey, she does makeup. Becca, you know, I know they do makeup because they, they look good. See, unless their husband does it. I don't think their husband does it. But Keith, maybe sometimes Keith does, but... I don't know, (laughs) look back at you, (laughs) Lord. (laughs) But we'll have makeup people stationed right outside there. So as soon as you're done, you come out, wipe you off, they get your makeup together, you'll be together. If you say, well listen, I don't want to get baptized by myself, we'll throw some other people in there. Don't worry about it, we'll throw a few people in there. We'll just throw them. (laughs) You know, I'll get in there. You say, well I want my husband to get baptized, we got a couple big men in here, we'll hook him up and throw him in there too. Come on. No excuses. That's right. No excuses. We need to do this thing. And so when we talk about reproducing and and, and reproduction, we really need to have a heart for it. We need to have a heart for it. Here's what a reproducer is. Reproducers are those true followers who intentionally reach and disciple people to live like Jesus and share his love. In other words, they do it on purpose. Matthew 28 and 19, that was Jesus' mission statement. He said, so go and make followers of all people in the world. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Another version says, go out and train everyone you meet far and near in this way of life. Making, marking them by baptizing them in the threefold name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the Lord, the Son, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, the Christ. It says, go out and do that, but you have to have a heart for it. I was watching a, I, I was flipping through channels one night and I think I was maybe watching a game or something on TV, and then the game kind of got out of hand, and I, it was teams I didn't want to see anyway, and so I, I said, well, I want to watch this. Maybe I, uh, before I go to bed, I'll just kind of flip through, you know, and, and see what's going on. And I was flipping through, and I came across this show that just amazed me. I thought it was a pretty stupid show, actually, but, it was, but I couldn't stop watching it. And it's this show where these guys go out and look for these river monsters, Anybody ever seen that or heard of that? Or I'm I'm the only one left behind? Yeah. River monsters. And this guy, so this guy goes out and he he goes out and he takes a plane. And then he takes a smaller plane. And then he takes a boat. And then he takes a canoe. And he goes all the way out to where, uh, no telling what's out there. And he goes and he dives in. And he catches this thing. And he comes up with this devilish looking demon fish. And then he starts talking about the fish and it's you can only find the fish here in this you know Amazon river and it's you know it's the only fish in the world that's only got three teeth and is you know whatever the whiskers go this way he knows everything there is to know about the fish and then to my amazement even more he just threw it back into the river Now I don't know about you but I think if I go that far to catch a fish I'm going to eat that sucker and I don't even like fish <laughs> But it, wasn't, he did, but it wasn't to eat, he just had a desire, to, he had a heart to go out and catch that fish. Are you a fisher of men? Do you have a heart to do that? Or is it kind of just laissez-faire? Well, you know, if I happen to talk to somebody, I'll talk to them, but if not, oh well. Right? Or do we have a heart to go out purposefully? and intentionally bring people into the kingdom. Do you remember the parable that Jesus told about the the rich man? I don't know if he was a king or just a rich man, and he was having a wedding feast, and uh, having a great wedding feast. And so what he did was he said, I'm having a big wedding feast, and uh, I I want to invite some people. So he told his servants, go out and invite some people to come to this wedding feast. And he sent his servants out, and uh, they went out, and uh, the people didn't pay him no attention. They came back. He said, look, uh, nobody wants to come to your wedding feast. And he said, well, uh, all right, well, let me send. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to send out my son. If I send out my son, he represents me, and so then they'll come to the wedding feast. So he sent out his son. Well, son got beat up, and then came back and said, guess what, Dad? Nobody wants to come to your wedding feast. So then he told his servants, go out to the highways and the byways, inviting everybody, anybody who would come to this wedding feast. This man had a heart to bring people in to this wedding feast. This is where Jesus is with us. He's telling us, go out to the highways and byways, because what I have to bring people to, they'll find nowhere else. And they don't even know it. They don't even realize what's in here. Everything they're looking for out there, I've got in here and more, and the right way, and the best of it. But I need you to go tell them. That's the way he set the thing up. And so we need to have a heart to go tell them. Now, let me tell you something else about what Jesus did as he wanted to reproduce himself. Jesus didn't go into the church And say, I'm going to reproduce myself, so I'm going to the synagogue, and I'm going to preach. And everybody here who uh, I need to reproduce myself in, and I need to get some disciples, all of you guys come to the front, and I'm going to pray for you and make disciples. Guess what? He didn't do that. You know where he went? He went out to the lake where Peter was fishing. He went to Matthew's house where sinners were, and they were drinking wine and all that kind of stuff. Jesus went out to where they were in order to get them. He went to places nobody else would go. The Pharisees would never go to a Matthew party. Would never go there. What do you you mean? They're drinking and playing, you know, Izzy Azalea, what's her name? You know, they're playing all kind of Beyonce and crazy music, Pearl Jam. I don't want to hear all that. I'm not going there to talk to those people. You know, let them be by themselves. But Jesus said, I'll go talk to them. And it won't change me. I'm going to change them. I'll go right to where they are. Jesus caught them where they were, not in the church, not in the synagogue. He went to where other people wouldn't go. That's how he caught the 12. And he caught them one at a time. Now, there's a time where we need to cast out our net. Okay, so I realize there's times for programs and all those kind of things where we need to go out and do, you know, something out in the community where we just, you know, play music and give out hot dogs and all those kind of things. There's times for that. But I'm telling you here today as individuals, Jesus called his disciples one at a time. He went and said, hey, Peter, come follow me. Hey, Matthew, while Matthew was, you know how he got Matthew? He didn't didn't go on the side after Matthew was done with work and Matthew was on his way home and he jumped out from behind the bush and said, hey, Matthew, check this out. I'd like for you to follow me. No, Matthew was there sitting at his table doing taxes. And he said, yo, Matthew, right in the middle of doing taxes, come follow me. Was bold about it. Come on. And so, Jesus, the way he got his followers, was he went out one by one. There's a time when we need to cast nets. But what Jesus is speaking to us today is it's time for pole fishing. We need one at a time. Come on. Who's in your sphere of influence? Somebody in your family? Come on, somebody on your job that you can talk to? You don't need to be an evangelist. You don't need to go there with quoting 37 scriptures and having 14 points, you know, like I do in a PowerPoint and all those kind of things. No, (laughs) no. You just need to go there, be who you are. What Jesus is saying, be who you are. Be good to them. He gave us the blueprint. He didn't say memorize 87 scriptures, although it's not a bad thing to do if you can do that. But what he said is treat them the way you want to be treated. That's what he said. Come on. He said give unto them. Right? He said to love them. And even in your correction, do it in a spirit of love. This is what Jesus is telling us to do. And so our heart here is for discipleship. It really is, because it's the first thing Jesus told us. Right in the garden, he said, What? Be fruitful, multiply. Now that just doesn't mean having babies. You know what he you know who he was talking to? And I'm just all done. You know who he was talking to? He was talking to two saved people, two people that he had just breathed the breath of life in, and they they hadn't fallen yet. He was talking to two perfect saved people, perfect saved people. That's who he was talking to, and he said, be fruitful and multiply. It didn't just mean having sons, Cain and Abel, and more and more and more, although that's part of it. But what he was saying is multiply your spiritual self. And so he's telling us here today, reproduce and multiply your spiritual self. We know how to fill our church, all these empty seats that are here. It's not just about bringing people in. Guess what? I don't know about you, but for me, I just don't want a crowd just to have a crowd, just to say it's nice. I don't know. Maybe if I was, you know, 25 or something, that'd be, you know. But it's just you get to a certain point, you just you don't want that anymore. You want Jesus and what Jesus wants. We have to say that whatever you want, Lord, I'm a follower now, and so I can ask all the questions I want, but it doesn't matter. Whatever you say, that's what I want, and I believe what he wants us to do is reproduce our spiritual selves. This is how we fill up the church, is to reproduce our spiritual selves. He's saying to us today, go and make disciples of yourself. If you don't remember anything else, remember this today. You can only teach what you know, but you can only reproduce what you are. So you know where reproduction starts? It starts right here. It starts right here with us immersing ourselves into Jesus, into the Lord Jesus Christ. And we must do that today. We must abandon everything else. Remember what a follower is, one who follows Jesus, but everything else Is second. Can you say that this morning?